You're listening to Your Jewish Life, Your Way with Karen Cinnamon, the podcast that explores what it feels like to be Jewish or Jewish in 2022. On the show, we divulge all of the secrets and know-how to being confident in celebrating and living your Jewish life, your way, with easy, simple ways to embrace your mishpacha through the traditions and rituals you've been dying to learn more about. So save your kvetching, we are talking less Jewish guilt and more Jewish joy here on out. Yalla, forget about the right and wrong ways to be Jewish. It's time to create a Jewish life you love living. Hey, welcome to this week's episode. I always love the episodes where I'm joined by some of my team members. And today I'm joined by Emily from the Your Jewish Life content team. Hello. (laughs) You've probably heard Emily before. If you're a long-time listener on our, we did an episode together on a few things, haven't we? Passover. No, I'm ahead of myself. Not Passover. We did Rosh Hashanah. (laughs) Yes. We did Hanukkah. Hanukkah. Yeah. I must say the episodes that you're in always seem to be popular. You've got that magic touch. Um, <laughs> and today we, we thought we'd tackle something that, that, you know, we hear conversations about quite frequently, whether it's on our Instagram account or inside our Smashing Life membership community. And it's all about how to make Jewish friends as an adult. We thought we'd discuss this today because I think we can all agree it's hard enough making new friends in adulthood as it is, but take it a step further and wanting to make new Jewish friends is challenging. So we thought we'd talk about our own personal experiences of trying to make Jewish friends in adulthood. And then I um, crowdsourced inside our Smashing Live members community on different ways that our members have met new Jewish friends in adulthood. And I'm going to share some of those tips so that you'll leave the episode today with lots of good ideas on how to make new Jewish friends in adulthood in a non kind of icky way, because that's the point, isn't it, Emily? Sometimes it can be a little forced, right? Absolutely. Absolutely. Yep. Emily's over in New York City. I'm in London. Um, So we're going to talk about our two experiences in these two cities. So Emily, do you want to kind of chat about the scene and like how easy or hard it is to meet friends in adulthood who are Jewish in New York City? Yeah, well, I'll start with the positive, which is that, I mean, New York City obviously has, you know, a very high percentage of Jewish people, you know, maybe more so than like anywhere outside of Israel. Just in terms of that, the odds are good. The thing that I have found hard about the Jewish scene in New York in particular, so I grew up in California in the San Francisco Bay Area, so I'm not like from the New York area. And I first came out here for college and I've sort of been here on and off ever since. The New York Jewish scene just sort of strikes me as a little bit kind of like more insular and clickier, I think, than maybe in some other places. And I know like when I started college, I went to a a university that has a large Jewish population. You know, my my mom said, you know, like, go check out the Hillel. I'm like, I did once. And I was just really turned off because it just seemed like everyone like came from the same towns in New Jersey and Long Island. And they'd all gone to like Jewish summer camp together. And I just didn't sort of come from quite the same background or feel like I really had those points of connection. That was really off-putting to me. Like, I think I went to Hillel like literally once during orientation and never went back, which like wasn't really fair of me. I should have given it more of a try. But um, <laughs> no, but you, you know, it is that feeling of just wanting to be accepted and feeling like, I think, why do we want to make Jewish friends in the first place is because often being Jewish in an non-Jewish world can feel a bit lonely and you want to immediately feel that sense of belonging. And if you don't, right. totally, you know, I know they say you're meant to give things two chances, three chances, but in adulthood, it's like, 
we don't have the time. <laughs> yeah. So anyway, like that was sort of college. And like, basically I went through my four years at this school that is known for being very Jewish um, with zero Jewish friends, which like at the time I was okay with. Like college was definitely for me sort of a time when my Jewish identity was at a low ebb. I think my mother was sad about it, but um, <laughs> I was not that bothered at the time. Anyway, in terms of making Jewish friends sort of in post, you know, school adulthood. To be honest, I mean, I, I will give a disclaimer that I'm I'm not great at making friends as an adult, like period. A lot of the friends I've made as an adult, I have made through work. I have worked at a few jobs sort of in the Jewish world. I mean, obviously working this job, you know, puts me in contact with a lot of great Jewish women. And I've actually made a wonderful friend, Sam, who is also part of the Your Jewish Life team. I met her first when she was engaged and she joined our brides club that we run off our, you know, sister wedding brand, Smashing the Glass. And we connected at a couple of in-person meetups in New York. This was before COVID. And then Sam eventually joined the team and she's just like a really awesome person. Person and I love her. That that's such a great example, like of a nice natural way to meet friends. I don't know whether you purposely created your circumstances to be part of a Jewish work team. It's so much nice when we meet people in that natural way, right? Yeah. And I mean, it really wasn't something I did intentionally. I had actually, I mean, my my job prior to working for Your Jewish Life and Smashing the Glass was also um, at a Jewish organization. And I also made a few great Jewish friends there. That was a job I got totally at random because I needed a new job and I applied for an online job listing. So like, no, it was totally a coincidence. But now having had this experience, I can say like, if this is something that makes sense in your life, working at a Jewish organization or business can be a great way to make Jewish friends as an adult. Emily, maybe it was a subconscious thing you don't know like you maybe know, you know? maybe <laughs> <laughs> no it's funny what you were saying earlier about the scene in New York can feel sometimes for you personally like a little cliquey or a little kind of groups and it's funny because me living in London I would say that about the London Jewish scene like you're either in or you're out um in terms of Jewish groups there's kind of I don't feel like there's different strands of of Jewish sort of communities and and conversely I would imagine from the outside that New York City is like oh whatever kind of Jew you are there's something for you it just you know and I wonder whether we always feel like oh the grass is greener but I think maybe that's just part of being Jewish is that it often does feel like there's a clique or a group or you know it's hard to sort of find your people yeah say? I think that can definitely that can definitely be true and I also kind of think what you mentioned are sort of two ends of like a spectrum that both have, you know, a kind of the same problem, actually. You know, you say you feel like in London, there's just sort of like one Jewish scene. And, you know, if you don't fit, you don't fit. Whereas I would say in New York, there are so many that like every individual sort of Jewish scene is a little mini version of that. So yes. if you don't fit into any of the scenes, like you're still, <laughs> you know, back at square one. And the thing is London and New York, and, you know, I know so many of our listeners live in the cities, they're such transient places. So even if you do make some really good friends in your 20s and 30s, people will move, whether it's for jobs, whether it's for family, you know, all kinds of reasons. So you're often That's having very to kind true. of- keep getting started you know people have children and all suddenly they're at a different life stage because you've got nothing mm -hmm. in common with your friends who have children so and then obviously the pandemic's added a whole nother layer and working from home and it's just how many challenges do we need so I think we can yeah. agree it's quite an ask for me personally you know sometimes like when I have into interviews about what I do I'm asked you know why I started Smashing Life and although which is our community uh, membership for Jewish women and although it was a fun very natural organic thing to start 
within the context of you know brides club that led to smashing life and newlyweds and then we opened it up to all jewish women actually i do think when i look back when i'm asking these interviews that i never really quite fitted into the jewish communities that i knew about so i kind of created my own for anyone that's listening that, that doesn't know about smashing life it's our brand jewish community it's just for jewish women it's a place for support and friendship and connection and to just living your authentic life uh, around like-minded women um and you know we've seen so many amazing friendships happen in there and i think when you create an emotional resilient friendship it really stands you in good stead for sort of life as a whole which is probably kind of why i've created it but i digress me personally i remember at school i didn't fit into the cool jewish kind of kids and the non-cool jewish kids I didn't even know who they were. Like it was almost like <laughs> the Jewish kids were the sort of the cool ones. Didn't quite fit in there. Again, at university, there was this kind of cool Jewish group. I don't know if you had that, Emily, but like the, the Jewish people at uni and school, like the cool ones, because that was my so experience. I was, I mean, my school was big and there were so many Jews. It was like, there were too many people for there to even be like one cool group. <laughs> there probably were like a bunch, but I was not even tuned in enough to be aware of that. <laughs> And then after uni, I moved to Israel, lived in Tel Aviv, and that was a really defining period for me because it really strengthened my identity so I could work out who I was without sort of looking at my identity by what group I was part of. I realized that what I loved about living in Israel was I could just be Jewish without kind of having to do Jewish things or hang out in Jewish places or hang out with Jewish friends. And it really strengthen my identity then I returned to London in my mid-20s and I had to start all over again literally like I, I'd lost touch with a lot of my school friends and it really just depended on who I bumped into something I ended up doing which actually was a catalyst to making a lot of Jewish friends was I moved back to London moved back in my parents and then I decided I needed to get out from living with my parents and needed to find a room uh, you know and I, I looked at some flatmate ads is that what you call them in America flatmates um, roommates. We usually call them roommates. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and and I looked in our local Jewish newspaper because I thought it'd be nice, you know. And I moved in with this guy uh, and in his apartment. He was renting out a room, Jewish guy. And actually, I met so many amazing Jewish people through this guy. And he had a massive Jewish circle. And it was just so easy to meet Jewish people through him and his Jewish circle and literally flatmates with him. So that was great. Again, I wouldn't say I necessarily fitted in with this, these people, but maybe it just sort of strengthened my sense of ability to meet Jewish people. And then one little story which I want to share was, again, in this period when I was living with this Jewish flatmate, I guess I was still kind of searching for something. I don't know what. I decided one night, I remember it really clearly, I was up till the early hours Googling and searching for some kind of trip that I could go on with other Jewish people, like random Jewish people to meet Jewish friends or maybe even a Jewish boy. Um, <laughs> I mean, maybe they're one in the same mix then when you're single, I don't know. It's another conversation. And I found this amazing trip called Walk for Water, which I don't know if it still exists, but it was for a Jewish charity that raises money for uh, water reservoirs in Israel. And it was a hiking trip in Israel, a one week trip. And I was to collect sponsorship for it to raise money for this charity. And I went on it. And I remember another Jewish friend of mine said, oh, I'd love to join you. It sounds really fun. And I said to actually, I want to go on my own because I want to experience this. You know, you're not going to, that's another interesting thing, isn't it? You can't make new friends if you're kind of going on a trip 
with a friend already as much as if you go on your own and you put yourself out yeah. there that was the experience I wanted look I don't know how many friends I made on that trip it was an amazing trip but I guess what I'm trying to say with all these stories is I was really trying and yeah I mean that's all you can do really and then I don't know I mean maybe that's really why I did stuff <laughs> it's, like, it's like that old phrase you know if you can't find a table start your own table yeah it's, it's really not easy it's really not easy even if you I mean as you say even if you do do like all the right things you're supposed to do it's it's hard I, again, this is a really interesting conversation and we'd love to hear if you're listening, drop us a DM at Your Jewish Life with your experiences. Maybe if you want us to share, we can share them on Instagram and get some conversations going. What we decided to do was crowdsource inside our Smashing Life community of Jewish women and ask them, you know, what tips do you have for making Jewish friends in adulthood? And we got so many great tips. So I'm going to share some of them and then maybe like we can discuss what we think of them. Emily, okay? Yeah, of course. <laughs> I'm just going to preempt it with saying, if you want to make new Jewish friends in 22, you've got to kind of go out and make it happen, like be intentional about it. I think I think they aren't just going to appear on, you know, out of nowhere and do have to sort of be intentional about making it happen. And it's a good thing. So put yourself out there. So the first one I want to start with, because I think this is so great, and I think actually really easy to do, is Shabbat dinners. You can either host your own Shabbat dinner. And even if you don't know any Jewish friends, don't have any Jewish friends, sorry, just maybe start with something called One Table. Do you want to tell Ron a bit about One Table, Emily? And have you attended any One Table Shabbat dinners? So I've, I've never um, attended or like participated with One Table myself, but it is an organization basically where you can sign up to host a Shabbat dinner and they give you various resources and like they help you connect with like other Jewish people in your area, um, usually like younger, you know, single people, not necessarily who are, you know, also looking for a Shabbat dinner. So it sounds a little intimidating, to be honest. Like, I know, I think for me, like hosting strangers in my home, like that is not really my thing. But like, if you have that personality, I think it can be a really amazing opportunity. And I have heard really wonderful things from um, people who participated. So again, like maybe not for everyone, but if you have a personality that's more sort of, you know, putting yourself out there. Yeah, me personally, I, I love that idea because I love the idea of, the fact that you're getting together because of Shabbat, there's like a commonality, a common theme. And, you know, there's got to be something to talk about, in my opinion. But what we'll do is we'll link to the one table in the show notes. Um, you can also, you don't have to host your own. You can you can attend someone else's, right? Right. Yes. That yeah. is, yes. So you can, you, can, you can be a guest at a Shabbat. And I also encourage you to maybe even start your own Shabbat dinner, even if you just know one or two Jewish people, even from maybe years ago, reconnect with them, ask them each to bring a friend, ask some non-Jewish friends as well, if you think that will help things. I love doing Shabbats with, with my non-Jewish friends as well. They love all the traditions. And just get started with like a Shabbat dinner. I was interviewing Chen Mazik for an episode that's coming out soon. If you don't follow Chen, he's fabulous. Go follow him on Instagram, Chen Mazik. And he arrived in London about a year ago, moved to East London, which isn't a particularly Jewish part of London with his fiance. And he really wanted to do Shabbat dinners and didn't know any, wasn't getting invited. So he just started. And now he says he does them twice a week, which I thought was (laughs) (laughs) And he has like this really eclectic group of people and then he obviously gets invited back I think 
because Shabbat's such a lovely tradition anyway, don't you think that's kind of a nice idea, the whole Shabbat dinner? Yeah, absolutely. And I do like your idea of, you know, starting with your friends and like asking them to bring a friend because that, I mean, if you're like me, that lets you have a little bit more of a sort of vetted guest list, you know, than just yeah. like... <laughs> random people who signed up to one table who are probably awesome but yeah yeah. I totally agree with you and yeah and I think that's another really good way to meet Jewish friends is to do things with maybe the one or two Jewish friends you do have and ask them to bring friends maybe I mean even maybe your non-Jewish friends may have Jewish friends they could connect you with especially if you live in like a very Jewish place you know like New York or how do you feel as far as reconnecting with old Jewish friends so like you know there's old friends from synagogue or overnight camp that you might want to connect with on Facebook and maybe you knew in a former life and maybe they've got Jewish friends do you think that's a step too far or a good idea I think it, I mean, it really depends on the relationship you had with the person. Like it can be a good idea. I think one thing that's a little bit hard about that, maybe more so in the US, just because, you know, it's so spread out is that a lot of people, you know, I knew at various points in my past life now live totally nowhere near me geographically. Maybe, you know, I mean, I live in New York now and, you know, a lot of people, you know, like live on the West Coast. So like yeah. in that case, like probably not, but like if they're more local to you, you know, it's probably like a little bit of a, of a better tip, but. Yeah. Um, and yeah, I think, I think on that note, also like going back to what you said earlier about meetup. So we, we do have our own Smashing Life community where we do, and brides, if you're a bride to be, you want to join our brides club community. If you're not a bride to be, you may want to join our Smashing Life community where we do facilitate in-person meetups as well. And tell me, Emily, because the first time we organized them, Emily's been on the team for years and she, she organized the first New York meetup, in-person meetup. Did it feel a bit awkward or did it, did it, was it very quickly to break, to break the barriers? Because um, this is all like a group of all randoms. Yeah. So, I mean, I would say the first time we organized a meetup, I think at that point, like everyone who came had been pretty active in the Facebook group we have. So like, it felt a little bit less awkward just because. And there was a theme, right? Which helped or not. Yeah. It w- well, our first one was a holobake. So yes, yeah, yes. no, that, that definitely having an activity and a theme did help. And I do think sort of having gotten to know people even a little bit, you know, online first also helped. Yeah, it was it was a lot less awkward, I would say, than plenty of other you know situations I've been in um, that yeah. are sort of you know mingling with new people. Yeah, and it, and you do have to put yourself out there a bit. Like it's not you know top of your wish list. Well, mine anyway to go to something completely you know someone's apartment that I've never been to to Beit Chala people I've never Beit Chala to. But knowing that we're all there for the same intention mm-hmm. to get to know one another, and I know that you know a lot of those people are, are still very much friendly, and you know this is years later. So yeah. Yeah, I think probably the number one tip is put yourself out there, host a Shabbat dinner, join Smashing Life or something similar and, and attend the in-person meetups or even connect online and take the friendship offline without, without you know, waiting for the in-person meetup. I've got loads more ideas for, for our listeners, crowdsourced from Smashing Life. Thank you, Smashing Life. But we're just going to take a quick break to tell you about something that I love. Just want to take a moment to invite you over to my place. That's my Jewish community, Smashing Life, a place for everyone, Jewish or Jewish, to feel welcome. It's a non-judgmental Jewish community that nourishes and empowers you and gives you everything you need to feel Jewish at heart and supercharged in life, hosted by me, Karen Cinnamon. I'm going to hand over to one of our members, Jeanette, uh, so you can hear what she has to say about Smashing Life. I love all the perks of being in Smashing Life, from the masterclasses to the resources to the discounts. 
to the opportunity to crowdsource in the Facebook group. It all provides so many great benefits. We also have forums, recipes, book clubs, craft clubs, modern Jewish life experts, Zoom Kabbalat Shabbats, monthly expert masterclasses, social events, online and real life, discounts, gifts, and I could go on and on. It really is the place for every Jewish woman. It is super inclusive, super warm, um, and I invite you to come and join us and connect with me and hundreds of other like-minded Jewish women from all over the world. You'll find a beautiful community local to you and you'll also create new Jewish friends all over the world to share Jewish culture and joy with and learn Jewish rituals that will fill your life with purpose. So head on over to smashinglife.club and come join us. All right, so more ways to make new Jewish friends in adulthood. And please join in with your ideas. And who knows, maybe we could even connect some people through our Instagram account through this episode. So let's talk about the idea of local Facebook groups, so kind of free Facebook groups, maybe for Jewish people in your area. Would you do it, even though it's not filtered or screened or anything like that? I would potentially do it. I mean, I would not invite people to my home. I would not go to their home. Like I would meet in a public place. And again, you know, if it's a free group, make sure it's around a particular theme or hobby or something to just to take out the awkwardness maybe. And also, you know, maybe there's similar values or interests or maybe it's a local group. I think that could be a great thing, a free Facebook group, if there is that, you know, some sort of, of, of commonality. Another thing, something I mentioned earlier is like, look out for a sort of Jewish trip. Have you ever done anything like that? Like what I did, Emily? So I also haven't. I'm sort of just like allergic to the idea of this like, <laughs> tightly planned like group trip. It's just like not my scene. I do know. I mean, a lot of people I know have been on birthright. Like, again, it just like wasn't my thing. So I didn't. But I, I know some people made really great friendships on that. Or You went I mean, to um, your Jewish food conference. Was that? Um... that is, okay, that is true. Yes, I did go to um, one year a Jewish food conference. I have a Jewish food history blog, which is not super active right now. It's called Poppy and Prune. But anyway, when it was more active one year, I went to a Jewish food conference called Hazon, which is in um, sort of rural Connecticut. They, before COVID, it was every summer. I don't know sort of what's what's happening now, but I did. And I connected with some really great people. And I don't know what other kind of Jewish things, you know, have conferences like that. But yeah, like if you have some sort of special interest within Judaism and you can go to some kind of, you know, conference or like event for it, like, yeah, I would say I would definitely recommend it. Yeah, um, I think, I think again, like a bit like what I said about living in Israel and everyone happens to be Jewish, like you would go to this conference anyway, because you had an yeah, like yeah. the fact that everyone's Jewish, it just feels more natural. So right. Yeah, absolutely. People do, I, I, I do know people who've been on, you know, some of those trips and I don't know how many like, you know, real lasting friendships, you know, come out of them, but like, I know people have really nice times and at least make sort of, you know, nice casual connections. So. Exactly. Like you get something out of it, like my walk for water trip. I remember at the time I made a lovely friend. She's funny enough, a much older woman than me. We got, we met at the airport and I just loved her and we met for like dinner a couple of times when we got back, but that's about it but for the duration of the trip I felt good you know it was just great being around you know what was nice was being around a group of completely new people and mm -hmm. bonding with them and maybe it's not necessarily about 
you know, long lasting friendships with the stuff we're talking about. Sometimes it's just about infusing your sense of identity or it's nourishing you in a different way or a change of scenery from your everyday life. And I think there's a lot of kind of, for want of a better word, byproducts about doing some of these Mm -hmm. things that we're talking about. On that note, quite a few of our Smashing Life has talked about volunteering for a Jewish charity, which I think, again, even if you don't meet your new Jewish BFF, you're volunteering for a cause you believe in. And also the people that you may meet through it will align, you know, similar values. So something you'd consider to sort of meet people? Yeah, absolutely. It is. I actually did once volunteer for a Jewish charity, um, it was sort of like a community organization that ran a food pantry. And I mean, at the time I was unemployed and like between jobs and I was doing it sort of during work time. So most of the other people were kind of like older retired people. So like I, I didn't make any, you know, like lasting friendships from it. But like, yeah, it was like a nice experience. And obviously there are like different opportunities where you could probably like find people who are more, you know, kind of aligned with your circumstances circumstances in life so yeah I think that is a really nice idea and I have to say living in London going through my 20s and 30s in a big city like London I'm so grateful that I have my Jewish community element to meet people you know because it is so random in the city whereas I knew like if I went to a Shabbat dinner a Jewish Shabbat dinner living in a big city and having the advantages and cosmopolitan of feeling of living in London but having these lovely Jewish things to be part of, I think for me was was is the best of both worlds. I like I like that. I like having it, even if I had my fair share of awkward Jewish Friday night dinners as well. But that was yeah, basically to yeah. do with being trying to find a husband at some of them. That, that, that sort of came sure. into, <laughs> into the awkwardness. Another idea for you, and we'll put all of these out in the show notes. If you're you know if you want a quick bullet checklist but another idea is to learn Hebrew which is a very cute idea don't you think Emily? Yeah I do I think it is um because I mean yeah probably you're gonna you know obviously have some things in common with other people who sign up to learn Hebrew like as an adult not in school so yeah that's a nice idea. Again I mean with a lot of these it's pretty random who you'll meet you know you never know who they might be but who's to say Mm -hmm. that the friends have to be your age group going through exactly what you're going through you know as long as there's some common interests and again like we said earlier you never know who you'll meet through those people so I think with Hebrew also you'd have to give it a few times to sort of give it a chance to actually meet people because I guess you're got the class and then you might dash off but learning Hebrew how about this is a random one it wasn't suggested by a smashing life member but by someone else wear something with Hebrew on it <laughs> so you could break out your RLT earrings and stand somewhere kind of or a coca remember those coca-cola in hebrew shirts that everyone mm-hmm. used to have mm-hmm. um <laughs> i know this isn't your style so i feel like idea. in new york that would probably not get you very far <laughs> like if you live somewhere that like does not have very many jews it might be a better strategy because I, I i definitely think there are some places where people would probably be really like excited to recognize another jew but just like in new york it's like <laughs> no one would care to be perfectly honest and I it's mean, fun. if you wear like your RLT tar earrings like they're very beautiful so people might just come up to you and say they love your earrings but like yeah no one's that excited to see a jew walking around new york yeah, you're so right and we'll link to Ariel's earrings because every time i wear them in a reel i get asked maybe 10 20 times so i know we're going to get asked on the podcast so we'll link to them in the show notes they are stunning modern jewish jewelry and i'm a big fan now obviously smashing life has come up a few times and obviously the smashing life members said that they've met so many great friends through smashing life it is our non-judgmental because i think that's one of the things that we've all come up with when trying to find Jewish communities we may feel judged or we may feel a little on the periphery or that we just 
don't quite fit in so we have I mean all all our platforms are zero judgment but you mm-hmm. feel it the most inside smashing life it's just a wonderful place um to meet to meet like-minded women all over the Absolutely. world and we have some really fun things we've got the SL snack swap happening at the moment which is something really fun but also you'll make new Jewish friends through it do you want to do you want to share yeah so the SL snack swap so one of the cool things about smashing life is we have members from all over the world really international so the SL snack swap started because one of our members in the UK had identified find some, you know, new snack product in the U.S. that she really wanted to try. And she said, hey, you know, can anyone like, you know, send this to me and I'll pay you. Sort of from that, a discussion started and the idea came up to arrange a swap. So like you could sign up, you know, say what you want, you know, where you are and like what you can offer and sort of like what you would like from where else in the world. And then you can, you know, connect with someone who sort of like matches that. Yeah. Yeah. Like we've got some like US, UK, some like South Africa, just like some really fun things going on. And yeah. It's kind yeah. of a cross between friendship dating, snack. It's like not a house swap, but like a snack swap. Yeah, pen, yeah. pen pals, because obviously they're going to exchange addresses and send each other packages. And then we'll do like unboxings and sharing it all. And it's just, we love doing these kind of things inside Smashing Life. Often they're member-led, all these ideas. But we, we are consciously um, trying to facilitate friendship. Because I think the biggest thing we can do in Smashing Life is get online friendships offline so whether it's with a snack swap or we have craft club good club the in-person meetups all kinds of good stuff and um, we'll put the link in the show notes if you want to find out about joining smashing life but uh, we'd love to have you if you're listening yeah absolutely. so i want to close up with a really cute idea that we are doing here at your jewish life it is the free jewish connection challenge it's a seven-day challenge by the time the episode comes out the challenge will have started but you can still join in as long as you join in before the 4th of March, you can join in. And it's an amazing challenge where I'm going to get you feeling connected, fulfilled, but most importantly, meeting new Jewish friends at a similar life stage to you. So it's called the Jewish Connection Challenge. It's totally free and it's going to be so much fun. And I would absolutely love you to join. We normally get hundreds of people doing these kinds of things with us. Now, I know you might be feeling, oh, I don't know if I want to meet strange people. And I don't know, it can feel if you just cut out all of that. This is exactly what it's not about. You're going to feel wonderful, comfortable, and you're going to you're going to make new Jewish friends. And most importantly, feel really connected to your Jewish identity as well by the end of the challenge. So if you want to join us, just head to yourjewishlife.co slash connection. That's yourjewishlife.co slash connection. And yeah, let's all let's all make friends. Yeah. <laughs> That's what it's all about. So I hope you found this episode useful. If you're listening after the challenge has come out, still get in touch on DM at your Jewish life and let's get connected and share your stories of, of meeting Jewish friends in adulthood. We'd love to hear. So Emily, this has been so fun. I think we're yeah. going to come back soon for an episode together on Passover. It's not long till Passover. Can you believe it? Oh my God, that's crazy. Uh, so we'll be back soon together. But for now, take care, everyone. Bye. Bye.